0: Welcome to the Council Podcast. I'm your host, Mel Scott, Senior Legal Counsel at a global technology company based in Brisbane, Australia. I'm passionate about all things in-house and I'm so excited to share insights, interview key people in our profession and demystify in-house practice. My guest today is Chelsea Howe. Chelsea is a third year law student at the University of Sydney, and I'm currently mentoring her. She reached out to me for some advice because she was going into a really exciting phase of her legal career. She's applying for in-house internships, clerkships through the ACC in partnership with the Learned Crew, and the opportunity to have work experience paid during the summer in an in-house legal department was something that she just couldn't miss and she had great news for me she has an interview and we are so excited we've been working on her resume and making sure she was putting her best foot forward so I said to Chelsea you know what let's have a chat I'll give you some tips and some thoughts for the next step and let's record it for the podcast She was super thrilled because I know she's a fan of the pod and has been for some time. She is one of the most diligent mentees that I have ever worked with. And I really think that uh, other law students could learn from Chelsea as well. Enjoy this episode and pass it on to any law students in your life. Here we are. Thank you for joining me at such short notice. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I'm so happy that you reached out and asked for my thoughts on preparing for in an interview for an in-house internship because I absolutely have some thoughts that I'd love to share and I'm happy to take your questions. And then I thought, well, let's record so that maybe it's of help for others. So I'm just going to treat this like a bit of a clubhouse chat and we'll just have a chat and then if it turns out okay and there's some some gold nuggets, then I'll put it um, onto the pod. How does it sound? Excellent. I'm keen. Chelsea, do you want to give me a little bit of an update on your good news and where you're at in this
1: process? Yep, I, I sure will. So um, maybe just a bit of a background. I am in my final year at law and I'm interested in the in-house space. So I reached out to you. Um, I think was a couple of months ago for a paralegal position, but then our relationship turned out to be more and we had a chat about the in-house space and I got to learn more about what skills um, needed to succeed in in in-house and of course, such as like, you know, building relationships with stakeholders and knowing the business, implementing and finding, sorry, rather finding and implementing legal technology and using legal innovation as well. So, and I've actually incorporated your advice. And right now I applied to um, the Associate of Corporate Counsel Australia, ACC for short. They have an in-house clerkship going on. And I've progressed into the interview stage of the application. So, yep, that's what's been going on. Awesome. How does that feel to be at this stage? Um, I'm really grateful. But, of course, I feel a bit overwhelmed as well. I've never had an interview going on in the in-house space. Uh, I've had previous law interviews, but just not in the in-house space before. So yeah, this is my first time. I'm excited to know what lies ahead, what questions they will be asking me. And of course, I have my own questions to be asking them. So yeah. Oh, how exciting!
0: I'm so excited for you. I was thrilled to get your email because I know you've been taking this mm-hmm. process really seriously and you've been really diligent, and you know it's it's paying off. So we we had a little look through your resume and I, I made a few little suggestions, mm-hmm. um, and then that obviously you know had something that that sparked the attention of of the the people that are hiring. So that's always the first step, of course, Mm -hmm. because you're a little bit sight unseen when when you just submit your resume online and cross your fingers and hope for the best. But, you know, you absolutely had the goods in there. And I think that the things that kind of jumped out at me when we were having a look through the resume was just the breadth of things that you have done, you know, like you really have made the most of your opportunities at law school to take on all types of positions like the the you know work experience with barristers and like in the courts and everywhere <laughs> <You were laughs> really 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 keen to also show your particular interest in the in-house space and that like you actually have a genuine interest and it just really shines through because you've been taking all the opportunities to do mini certifications with the learned crew and lots of other, I think, um, really practical things to show, you know. And you also had some really great experience at uh, actual corporations. And I think that that, you know, not in legal roles whatsoever, but I think that that's always something worth mentioning when you want to put yourself forward for an in-house role And you can show, hey, like I kind of get how business operates at least in, you know, when I was working interning in the marketing team or in the operations and logistics team. So you can kind of have a little bit of context for how legal also plays into all of that stuff and that dynamic. So, yeah, you you absolutely had all of that. And I think. Thank um, you. Oh no! Thank yourself, girl. You you've made the most of it. I know. You know. You've been not afraid to put your hand up and, and try and ask for those opportunities. So here we are now at the interview, and uh, and you're going to. I said a face to face, like over the over Zoom, or do you have a just just a phone call? What's the the medium?
1: It's going to be over Zoom and. So far, we haven't agreed on an interview date and we were just like sorting out uh, our schedules. So I I know that there are other applicants out there and I'm just, you know, very keen to be interviewed. But at the same time, I, I really like this organization and I just want the general counsel or even just the company to find the best candidate for the position.
0: Oh, I love that. That's very selfless, but we want it to be you. <laughs> I'll <say it. laughs> okay, I'll get. Okay. I can go there. <laughs> yeah, why not? No, that's awesome. So you've done you've done a bit of research, and you mentioned that you had had a look behind the scenes. Who is the general counsel? What are they all about? And that's such that's such a great starting point because you'll be able to get a sense of this person and what mm-hmm. their experience is, maybe what they they value what you can find about them online in terms of any content that they've put out there. Like if there's any blog posts or interviews. So I'm sure you've done all of that, but I think it's it's worth mentioning just so you can try and get a sense of the person. And um, what's, what's kind of a burning question for you at the moment that you're a little unsure about?
1: Because it's not a law firm space and I didn't have any kind of in-house experience before. I just wanna get a feel of what is it really like to be working in an in-house space as a clerk and ultimately as counsel in the future. Um, I've read so many different things about practicing in-house, but then hearing it from the general counsel herself would really be different because she would be telling me, or at least I anticipate that she will be telling me how her day goes by, how she plans her day, how she deals with conflicts. Um, how she talks to stakeholders, how she influences them even. So I just wanted to be able to get that feel out of her.
0: And there will probably be a chance during the interview for you to ask questions as well. If that's not already you know, established during your conversation, uh, you can absolutely you know, at the end often the interviewer will say, you know, did you have any questions for us? And you, you really do want to have some questions, <laughs> have yeah. a, few, a few in your back pocket just in case and some might come organically to you in the interview but that's a really great understanding for you to have and if you didn't get a sense of it during the chat, I would absolutely encourage you to ask that question just like, you know, what what is a day in the life of a general counsel at yeah. x company what does your what does your day or your week look like is i mean i i would suspect that no two days are the same that's pretty typical of course yes but maybe there's some nuance there uh, so that's yeah that's absolutely a question to to ask and and just get a sense of the environment that you might be you might be going into so in terms of i suppose demonstrable traits that you can try and, and get your your best foot forward in. I was having a think about this um, prior to our chat because I think it's it's such an interesting space for you to be in. You know, you've been studying, you haven't been practicing and you'll be applying straight for an in-house role. So what kind of things are they going to be looking for that's you know obviously not going to be technical experience because you know you haven't been practicing so that's absolutely understandable that's not you know that's not what they're going to be needing from you in that intern role absolutely mm-hmm. not the mm-hmm. the emphasis may be more on your willingness to learn and your curiosity to learn and maybe how resourceful you are in situations where you don't know the answer. That is all kind of stuff that comes up on a daily basis for for anyone working in-house. You can get things come across the desk that you've never seen before. And and that's completely okay. So giving some examples of a situation that you've been in, maybe in one of your other work experiences or in just a part-time job at any time in your life, where you just you know didn't know the next right step, but you took these practical you know steps to to try and figure it out and to problem solve. So it could be things like calling on your network, you know, mentioning um, that you you have a, a you've started to really establish strong relationships in the in-house community, and I think that that's true, um, and that you you subscribe to publications and you're really in the mix trying to get a sense of the issues so that if you come across something that you've never seen before, you kind of know maybe where to go to to ask for some more help um, mm-hmm. and to to research on your own time and and all of those things. So yeah, I think any examples you can give where you've been you've been resourceful in problem solving is going to be uh, pretty pretty cool, I would have thought. And the yeah. other thing that comes to mind is all around the communication piece. And very broadly, again, drawing upon any experiences where you've had to communicate with people from different walks of life, different experiences, different levels of sophistication with the, with the legal function in the business, because that it will be a big part of of the role of anyone at any level in the in-house team being able to tailor your communications whether that might be email or you know in a slack message Mm -hmm. (laughs) i can hear you taking notes you don't have to worry because we're recording (laughs) you could always listen to this back i know but it's hey we kind of you know we've got an audio you can have written if you want (laughs) was so diligent
1: um well i've always just gone by with the belief that you know note takers they're history makers so whenever (laughs) i'm talking to someone i know that it'll be recorded but i just love the way that i write things down and then structure my notes afterwards and then when i do listen to the recording again i would like compare and really organize it towards the end so it'll be really comprehensive okay gotcha love it
0: you know your method you've got to do what you've got to do <laughs> cool 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 so on the on that communication piece just to round that out yeah the the idea of being able to communicate to to all different types of people in in situations where they might be a bit stressed as well. So an example uh, that a lot of us might be able to give from, say, part-time work during high school or even at uni, working in the retail space or the hospitality space, like anything that you might have done over the years that is, you know, working with, the public, people you don't know, people that you have to communicate to. Maybe there's a bit of stress. Maybe an order got messed up, and you know you've got to try and you know show empathy and and communicate in a stressful situation. Like there's there's got to be so many examples in your life that you could draw upon, and and that that theme is about communicating with all all different types of people in the way that they want to be communicated to. So, you know, a a super busy CEO might just need something that's a little bit quick, a high level read, and then an attachment with more detail if they require it. But, you know, someone who might be more of an analytical person, uh, maybe a data analyst or someone in the finance team, I'm just kind of throwing out broad generalizations, they might really want more of an analysis in the legal advice or the research that you've been asked to give so you know that also goes for communicating within the team and if you're working as an intern you might actually be you know your clients might actually be the other lawyers and the general counsel in that legal department so that still applies because you'll be gauging how busy uh, is everyone who needs what level of detail from me and you know you can always just ask to clarify that as well if you know you you're in the role and you're actually getting instructions, uh, but I think the skill to try and demonstrate here is all about that communication and and just trying to understand people and how they might prefer to be communicated you know to and that that's tricky that's not something that is um like born we're born with necessarily it can be absolutely learned. But if I was interviewing you and you could talk to some of those situations, that would be um, that would be pretty interesting to me. I would have thought.
1: How does that resonate? Very insightful, and I love the part how you talked about people wanting to be communicated in a certain way, because um, another part that resonates with me is that people want to be treated not not in the way that you want to treat them, but how they want to be treated rather. So if it's a CEO who's asking, or it's a data analyst, or sometimes even there's, business do have like product managers and they would love this type of advice versus that type of advice. It's very important that you know what they're really looking for and how they want the advice to be. So I think that's just such a good advice in like tailoring communication with your audience. For sure, that's what it comes down to.
0: Everything that we do in-house is about communicating a message to someone. Often, sometimes they don't even want to hear it. Like, I mean, you might be drafting things, policies, compliance guides, stuff that feels a little bit red tape or a little bit like, oh, I don't want to. You know, like the legal team is not necessarily known as people who are creating content that others want to absolutely devour. I mean that's not always the case. But you know, it's it's our role to to set boundaries and guidelines and sometimes it can come off a little dry. So we we always want to be thinking about communicating in a way that's creative and empathetic and with that audience in mind for sure. So and, and you I'm sure could give plenty of examples of that, even within your studies and working with different lecturers and trying to understand what is the product that they're wanting from me in this assessment. You know, that's, that's a real, that's a real life kind of example. So yeah, I think that's definitely another one to, to have a think about, have a few, a few little examples up, up your sleeve. They don't have to be earth shattering or the greatest, most wonderful thing that ever happened, (laughs) like small, simple things that just show that you really understand the importance is probably, you know, what they're going to be looking for. Is there anything else that's jumping out at you that I could answer or give some more insight into?
1: Definitely Mel. So what I know about the legal team within the company is that one of their functions is to manage risks for the company so sometimes the advice that they would be giving is not really that colorful or that sort of like you know this very beautiful picture and sometimes you know the company doesn't even want to hear it just as what you said but then um the ceo or even whoever the decision maker will be they would be willing to take this risk and i understand that the legal team shouldn't really take this hmm. personally but what would you say is kind of um the best way to combat situations like this and how would you take this when things do come into this kind of situation
0: the the fact that you're kind of already realizing that there can be conflict within within the legal department mm-hmm. where you want to give really commercial practical you know, business-orientated, results-orientated advice, but you also have a duty to protect, you know, the interests of the company as a whole and and a yeah. broader duty to the courts yeah. and, and, of yeah. course, all of the ethical obligations that go along with practicing and that – you can't just give the answer that they want necessarily because there there are other things um so even just understanding that dynamic is super crucial and it's such a it's such a constant state of flux within a business the 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 appetite for risk will change from quarter to quarter year to year from industry to industry from you know, decision maker to decision maker. It's it's constantly evolving because that's business. Like that is the nature of business to adapt to market conditions, to adapt to trends and things that are happening beyond the business and ultimately adapting to to survive. So that will look really different from 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 company to company and a lot of the onboarding experience into in-house and the team is about understanding where the company's risk appetite really does lie and how much time you need to be spending on certain types of issues and what is not as important and Mm -hmm. and understanding those you know issues spotting and then overlaying that commercial piece to it is um, it takes time? Like I, th- I feel like it took me five years to to actually for that to kind of click. Like it really did. Someone said it was going to be about five years, and I feel like that was about right. And the first five years of legal practice in house was just just trying to like get that get that nuance, you know, understand that the gray areas. So so even talking to the fact that that tension exists is really critical and it shows you have a, a really strong understanding of an in-house function. And then once you're in that situation where you really have to be balancing those considerations, like that's that's the, it's an art and a science and it's, it's something I do on a daily basis. It's the very nature of having a lawyer in-house rather than just relying on external advisors for everything because the lawyer in-house can bring and overlay strategy and context and nuance and bigger picture and understanding in depth what the company's trying to achieve and balancing that with legal risk and and often presenting, hey, you know, this risk exists, but if we mitigate it by doing X, Y, and Z, maybe taking out this type of in, a little extra insurance or or Really beefing up a provision in a contract to just really protect us in that situation, um, they could absolutely all be mm-hmm. you know risk mm-hmm. mitigation me- mechanisms, I suppose, um, and others. W- if we do some of these things, then absolutely we should proceed. But you know we just want to we just want to keep these other risks in mind. So I'm trying to think of a, a practical example that's not. Um, not confidential. <laughs> I I suppose something that's that's super common within in-house teams is working with NDAs or non-disclosure agreements, confidentiality agreements, as we, we tend to call them in Australia. And they are just like the bane of in-house counsel existence because there is so, oh, I can't even, I don't want to go, I don't really want to bore you with my like detailed you know the flaws within a document that's only ever litigated like 0.01% of the time and is not really worth the paper that it's written on but what it does is presents an opportunity to establish how a relationship is going to be between two parties it's kind of like hey guys we're going to we're going to go ahead with this relationship mm-hmm. you're going to share this kind of information that's really valuable we're going to share this kind of information that's really valuable to us And here's what's going to happen if someone shares that to a third party without our consent or whatever the terms of the NDA might be. And generally speaking, particularly in Australia, we already have, you know, in commercial relationship, we already have a right to confidentiality that kind of exists outside of contract. So to try and put that into contract can sometimes just be not, not as efficient as a legal tool as we think it is but commercially people really mm-hmm. like it mm-hmm. because salespeople feel like they're kind of getting the deal going and everyone's coming together and we need to have this NDA signed before we can have our first chat and it's all rush 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 and it it's becomes a battle of the forms our NDA versus your NDA and they all basically say the same thing and it's, it's an area that's ripe for disruption, and that's a separate conversation because there are some awesome people working on that with uh, the one NDA project that comes to mind. But as an intern or as a junior, you might be tasked with looking at these contracts first if, it, if they actually come through the legal team. You know some businesses mm-hmm. take a super progressive and you know risky, riskier position and just let the business deal with them. Just literally, just accept anything. Self service. Here's some guides. Here's some parameters, but get it done because the risk of not doing it and slowing down the deal, affecting revenue coming in, is just not worth going back and forth over, you know, wording that really gives us no extra protection anyway, and is just not. It's just not worth the time. So that's that's something that is. Um, yeah, it's, it's probably like going to, again, be very different from company to company in their approach, but it might be one of the first contracts that you come across um, if, you're, if you're interning or, or working as a grad in-house. And the NDA for me, the way that I approach that is at all times from a place of practicality. We've got to get going. We've got to meet with this customer, potential customer. Let's get going with the deal. Once we have a contract signed, it'll have confidentiality provisions in it anyway. And at the end of the day, we've always got to actually think about practically what what confidential information is actually being exchanged here. And often there might not be any. Everybody thinks that there's just like these trade secrets and we're sitting on gold mines and customer lists and all the things. And it's like, well, look, when you understand the nature of the business, maybe maybe that's not really happening and there's actually no risk whatsoever and no one's really thought about it so all of those you kind of throw all of those considerations into the pot you mix it around there's a bit of you know a deadline that's in there maybe someone really needs to have this meeting tomorrow so can you quickly review it and you you kind of throw it all in and then something spits out the other end that is a combination of the risk and the commercial and the practical um, and again, that, it takes time, but the fact that you're aware of the dynamic that exists and that tension is is a perfect base level of understanding that I don't know if if interns would actually already understand. I feel like that the nature of the internship get, gets them to start seeing how that works. So you're you're kind of ahead yeah. of the curve yeah. on that one, I think.
1: I think one, one of the things that I would like to ask you, you know, um going in as an intern is the issue of committing mistakes on the job because I know that a lot of um you know even senior lawyers or people um towards many years into the practice, like we're all just people and we're not perfect, but I'm very concerned that how do interns or you know new lawyers actually show that they that they've recuperated from the mistake? and how they would actually communicate the mistake um, to their superiors. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's a great one. And I love, I love your mindset on that because we absolutely are all
0: human and we do make mistakes. And the best thing about our jobs is that it's not brain surgery and nobody's, you know, going to die. I I say that Uh with trepidation Uh because I'm thinking through some examples where maybe it could, but I, I really don't think so. Like in, in (laughs) terms, in terms of, of, mistakes that can be fatal yeah you know it's not really our bag and that's that's fantastic so so we keep that perspective of course we want to be diligent and do a good job but but mistakes will be made and lessons will be learned the key is to just raise your hand as soon as you're aware of it and let and let your supervising manager or your buddy know hey look i've sent this email i think I think it's to the wrong person or, Hey, I've sent this email, but, um, I forgot the attachment <laughs> or, you yeah. know, simple things yeah. like that. It happens all the time. I still do that myself after 10 years and it's a bane of my like day. If I do that, I'm like, Oh my God, what a rookie error, but it happens. There's a lot going on. So putting the hand up and saying, Hey, um, just want to let you know, like this has happened. I, 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 actually would have wanted it to to go this way you know can you help me because often you will get a relief of like oh don't worry about it that's fine it's all good just send them a follow up just you know, just just send it back with the attachment and you'll just get that perspective from someone with a little more experience who just can calm you down and, and just make sure that you don't completely like self-combust with with the, the yeah. weight of yeah. what actually might not be that big a deal and it's totally fine. So put the hand up, absolutely own it and, and come with some suggestions. I think that that's all you can ask for. Like, hey, I think I've made a mistake. Here's what I was thinking to do to fix it. You know, what do you think? And and I'm if that's me, I'm going to go, oh, no worries at all. Hey, that's a lesson. I made that mistake myself. Let me give you another example of where I made a mistake that was is it completely worse. That you're just like, oh, great, yeah. it's not just me. And yeah, I totally agree with your suggestion to fix or to move this forward. Uh, why don't we draft up an email and I'll have a look over it and then, you know, we'll send it out by the end of the day and just get a little bit of an action plan. It happens all the time. It's super common to do things that you you might not have thought you you wanted to do them in that way. Or you just didn't know any any different because you're learning. So it's yeah, it's just about responsibility and accountability. And um and it's all good. That's all you can really ask because we're not
1: we're not robots. That's true. I I do resonate with what you said earlier. Um nobody is going to die. It's a bit of yeah. a dark humor, but People um, who are studying medicine or doctors rather, they would actually, you know, oh, if I mess up, then somebody's probably going to die. But then with legal practitioners, they would kind of make a joke and just say, you know, it could be extended. Like we could ask for um, another motion or we could talk to the other party, but it's definitely fixable. But that's yes. sometimes what legal practitioners would think and i really love that and i think it's one of the nice perks of being in this profession anyway yeah and to <laughs> we <laughs> to take capitalize- ourselves
0: seriously but i know but you yeah. know like big scheme it's you know we can yeah. fix it everything is figure outable. that's like one of my <laughs> mottos in life
1: <laughs> yeah i know um i suppose like one of the things that i would like to ask you is that what what is the number one mindset that new lawyers or interns should have when they come in-house because they do have their own experiences at hand but then they also will need to learn new skills so what is that mindset that they should have and how would they actually work together with um, maybe the general counsel or whoever is supervising with them so that they could have a successful relationship in implementing that mindset or even projects together
0: I think that, you know, enthusiasm is something that I I love to see from, from someone who's starting out be and just a, a curiosity and a willingness to learn and, and to ask questions and to just be a bit of a sponge and soak up everything that's going on and just understanding that no one expects you to have it figured out at day one. Most of us still don't have it figured out. We're just—we're mm-hmm. all just trying to to make our way through the best we can with what we have on any given day, and and the best that you can do is come with an open mind, a willingness to learn, and that and that enthusiasm. I I think that that energy really raises the team. And whenever I've worked with with intern uh, interns or PLT students. I just really love getting that that fresh burst of energy and that enthusiasm and just reminds me of what we're doing here and how exciting it actually really is. Um, and in, in a beginner's mind and someone with fresh eyes, hey, yeah, this actually is pretty cool. I had lost sight of that. Or Oh, that you know, I I do kind of forget that I actually get to do this really cool job with these great people, and it's lovely to see it through a beginner's mind. So, I think that that just that inherent enthusiasm will always shine through, and and the curiosity to learn is is pretty key. And I know it sounds very fluffy and hard to probably put into practice but it's not like you you show up with a notepad and a pen you're taking some some interesting notes asking some interesting questions maybe after a meeting walking back to the office you say to the gc who you were shadowing like hey i noticed that um that that salesperson was using an acronym. What what is that? What is that acronym? Or, um, you know, I noticed that you were really talking about this this wholesale discount for the customer at length. You know, do we normally negotiate that kind of commercial detail, or is that something that, that's a bit more set in stone? Like just asking things that naturally come to your mind. There's no there's no bad questions
1: at all. I don't think. Well. That's really insightful, and I am actually a very enthusiastic person, and I do consider that I I can bring in the energy in, in any type of role, and I do love to ask questions. I guess one of the things that I've learned, you know, when I was working for a barrister, and still am, is that the first rule of thumb, or rather the only rule that she gave is that you just need to ask questions. You know, if you don't understand anything, just raise your hand, and you ask questions, and that's it. And everything else is, you know, figureoutable and just see how we go, but definitely ask questions because it really shows curiosity, enthusiasm and this, you know, willingness to learn. Everybody is in a new space and we're all here to learn. And my boss has been, you know, been generous enough to even say that she is also this type of person who's going to learn from me and we're learning from each other. So oh, um, I love in- that. That's very
0: <laughs> humble. <laughs> yeah. That that's a that's a wonderful person to be. Yeah, that really shows me insight into that individual and their their humility and yes, I love that. I and I think that that's that's exactly right. This internship goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Like as much as you will just you know just soak up and learn an incredible amount just by being in the rooms and being in the situations. The team that you're going into you know you're also bringing an incredible amount of of that enthusiasm that energy just having an extra set of hands is a godsend for for in-house teams and coming into the end of the year as well there can be a rush into Christmas it's always great just to have the an extra set of hands so don't underestimate the value that you're bringing as well and and stand in that confidently because it it does go it does go both
1: ways for sure right i i really think so too um i'm just very conscious of time and your time as well i just wanted to know some thoughts on how to best know the business so aside from asking questions what else can i do to know the business more regarding its operations stakeholders and even the teams that operate within well i think
0: for the interview stage what you'll have available to you is just what you can Google, you mm-hmm. know, and, and what you yeah. can find out online. If it's listed company, plenty of detail in the board report, the annual report uh, that you could sink your teeth into. It, ca- it can be pretty dense stuff, that's for sure. So it, it can be tough, but you'll get a sense of, of some, some of the interesting things they might have done in the last year. But, yeah, a website is an obvious first place. And you'd be surprised how often... People don't go there <laughs> to the company oh, website. Uh-huh, you yeah. you would be surprised. Um, and it's for for me when I've interviewed for roles at Megaport, the service that we offer is is really bespoke, and it's really hard to wrap your head around if you're not in the cloud computing space, which which most people aren't if they're if they're a lawyer. And I don't expect someone to come into an interview and to say, yes, I understand the nuances of the service and this and that and, and, and spouting all the acronyms and the industry-specific terms because I I didn't either. but But what you do want is for someone to say, yeah, look, I've looked at your website and I must admit I, I did – struggled to get my head around exactly the service. But what I can see is that you are providing an end-to-end solution for customers who want to move their data around the cloud. And And then you go, oh, okay, yeah, that person has a basic understanding of, of kind of what we're trying to achieve here. That's awesome. Um, so I think that just having a look at the website and trying to gauge where the, where the money is coming from, uh, who are the customers, what kind of products they're selling and services having a look at their social media do they have any social media have do they talk uh, about new services or interesting launches or new partnerships you know is there anything on linkedin lots of companies have pretty comprehensive linkedin pages um Mm -hmm. if it's a a b2c kind of business to consumer facing you're probably going to see something on facebook maybe instagram um maybe twitter it depends but i'd go and have a look and see if you can get a sense of the company from from those avenues um and what you really want to be able to demonstrate in the interview is that you've had a look. You're also noting, hey, I, I noticed that you recently launched um, into Japan. how How fantastic, what that must have been so exciting. And you know, just giving a, a little hint that you actually just you know you did a little bit of research. but no one will expect you to to know the the ins and outs. that's That's absolutely not expected. Once you're in the role, that's when you can deep dive. And again, it's just the curiosity. It's just about asking questions. It's about asking for resources. Is there any Mm -hmm. internal wikis or confluence pages that I can just go and have a look at? Is there an org chart that I can have a look at what functions are in the team? in the business and and who, who's who in the zoo basically and they absolutely should be that that's pretty kind of fundamental for um for business 101 just to to have that organizational <laughs> chart so that's mm-hmm. always a great place to start for sure and then you just uh you just keep your eyes peeled for for interesting things you're going to be getting the company emails once you're in the team you'll be seeing things that they're talking about in the slack channel or the teams channel or however everyone communicates internally and you'll just you'll just spend a bit of time researching and and opening links downloading documents and just having a look around i think i think that that's
1: that's all that is expected right um i have a question specifically regarding the interviewers so it is my understanding that we do some research on who the interviewer is their background and as you said look into their social media which i've already done but i'm more concerned about the actual interview when i'm interviewing with this person how do i actually make a lasting impression and show that i do fit within the company's culture and how we could better work together in terms you know, of our working styles and communication. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I think my answer is really naff, but you have to be yourself. There's no other way. <laughs> I know yeah. it's, it's so tedious. I know we really want a formula like do X yeah, say yeah. Y equals Z, but I just I just don't think there's any truer way to show up in any situation an interview a social situation family Mm -hmm. engagement whatever it is you know when we put ourselves out into the world we have to be ourselves there's no other way because if we if we if we bring a part of us trying to be someone else wearing a mask trying to fit into somebody else's shoes or an idea of you know who we think we need to be we're just going to end up in situations that aren't actually best serving us or we're going to be working with people that just aren't our people and it's going to be a little tough. So I I really appreciate that that's, that's not super satisfying but I think it also mm-hmm. takes the pressure off because you, you come as you are and, of course, being professional and respectful and, you know, not wearing your flip-flops. Obviously, there's decorum and <laughs> you want to be the yeah. best version yeah. of yourself. Yeah. Sure. Like obviously, but being being who you are and presenting and speaking in the way that you speak and asking the questions in the way that you ask questions is is going to show them who you are and you'll either be their cup of tea or not, and vice versa. Yeah. And and that's that's just it's the only way, you know, I, I think we starting out in our careers, we really want to try and mold ourselves to who we think we need to be. Um I know. I I was a master of that, I have to say. I was was exceptionally good at kind of reverse engineering who I needed to be for a position or a role. And it got me positions and roles, but it was at the expense of things that actually made me happy maybe, or things that were actually best suited for my personality. So that's been a lesson I've learned through my 20s. um, And maybe... You have to go through it to learn it, but if you if if I was being kind of a sage elder wise elder millennial, <laughs> that would be my advice. And I I would just let that let that sink in with you and and see see how it sits. Right, right. <laughs> it's a great wow. question, though.
1: I think at the end of the day, we just need to bring our whole selves to work in a social ga- engagement with our friends, with our family. Um, yeah, I really yeah. do agree with that even though it's hard yeah but it's actually the best way to go it's the only way because okay, then yeah it is the only way It's the
0: only way be- then you get the opportunities that were meant for you not for some other version of you or someone that you're trying to be and you know we only have like one life with there's no do-over that's so, true so let's that's true let's put our our best selves out there as authentic as we as we feel safe to be and see, see what comes. And I, I just firmly believe that the opportunities that are meant for you as as who you actually are and as you're at, you're still learning who that is as well when you're kind of in your twenties. That's the great process of that evolution at that time of life. But as you lean into it more and more with each year, the opportunities that come your way and the people that come towards you are your people and you're just you just find yourself surrounded by by good stuff. So trying to Fit a square peg in a round hole you know you can do it um but eventually it just feels a little uncomfortable so i say lean into to who you are and and of course you know own own that because there is no one quite like you
1: (laughs) oh i'm getting very philosophical on that note no but it's really nice it's really so nice to hear and i and i do agree you know, sometimes it's so hard to incorporate it, but I do agree. Mm.
0: All right, lovely, let's wrap it up and I'll let you get on with your studies and your prep and you're amazing. And thank you for being so open to just kind of doing this because I I feel thank like you we, as well. we got some good stuff, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully there's yeah. some value there for you and good luck. I'm excited. Let me know how it goes. Thank you. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Council. Please subscribe to the show so that you don't miss future episodes. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review for this show. Tell me what you'd love to hear more of and where you're listening from. To learn more about in-house practice, follow me on LinkedIn and Instagram. Thanks again.